Amen. God's good, isn't he? Man, don't you love worshiping Jesus? Okay, some of you do. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you what, man, I, I just love it. I get to do it twice every Sunday, I mean, at least in the services, and then get to go home and do it too, and my wife gets to listen to me sing all the time, and she loves it. <laughs> Amen, right? <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. My name's Sean Apke. I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone. We're glad you're here today. God's good. We're going to be continuing our study in Galatians, so go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 4. And I want to get right into it today. Galatians chapter 4, everything that we've dealt with today, even through the songs, you know, God's just so good, you know, how He kind of backs you up and everything about what we're going to be talking about. And uh, I think Galatians chapter 4 is really one of the most important chapters in Galatians. And so let's go ahead and read in chapter 4, verse 1. It says, and I'll be reading that on New Living on this verse right here. It says, Think of it this way, if a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father is set. And that's the way it is with, with us before Christ came. We were like children, we were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that, we, that He could adopt us as His very own children. And because we are His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer slaves, but God's own child. And since you are His child... God has made you His heir. Now, what we're going to be talking about today, and what I think one of the most important things that Paul actually brings out to the Galatians here, you know, our whole, whole title of this is Freedom. He brings out freedom, but what he really brings out is our, an understanding on how we should live. Not live as a slave or a servant, but live as a son, a son of God. And that I believe a lot of times we don't live this way. That as a believer, we're not understanding the true sonship that we have. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and 15 says this, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So actually, even to be led by the Spirit of God, you must understand sonship. You must be a son of God. Not just to know that you're going to heaven, but really understand what it means to be a son. Verse 15, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Now let me, let me go into a little bit more detail what Paul is really talking about. In the culture that Paul lived in, that Roman culture, uh, adoption was a little bit different than it is today. A Roman landowner, if you owned any kind of land, had any kind of money, had, a, had any kind of an estate, your son would get it at the age of 30, on his 30th birthday. So it was the culture of that time that the son would get it at age 30, and the father would still live with the son and help him manage the estate. And at every level, every, every uh, um, time it got brought to his son or brought to another son after that, and and so on, it would grow, the estate would grow. Now, with each generation, that would happen. 
But if the, the, the son, if the, the, the landowner didn't have a son, well, the estate went to the Roman government. Now, how many guys would get mad at that today if that, that was you? Well, that's sometimes what they, they're trying to do. But we won't go into taxes and stuff like that, okay? We'll leave that for another day. But at the time, between a Roman man from age 16 to 30 went, went to the army. And he would go off to war. And that a lot of times, a lot of those guys didn't come back. So what happened is the landowner, the, the father, would be without a son. And so this is what he would do. He would go into his slaves, find a, find a suitable son that he, he, he liked, take him to the court, argue the case, pay the fee, and then they would get a certificate said, this is my son. And so that son... That man would become this landowner's son, and he would treat him just like a blood son. It would be no different, and he would gain all the inheritance rights that his blood son would have, this adopted son would have. Now, I want you guys to know that you and I have a certificate today, and it's been bought by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? And the certificate is written in the Bible itself. Now, the son has full inheritance rights. In other words, the father has really become his, and they would treat this son as their own blood son. He would take the place of his son. The entire estate uh, would be his. So once he was a slave, now he is that father's blood, uh, that father's son. So there's no distinction there. And this is what Paul is writing about. He's writing about that God the Father sent his own son, Jesus, into war, and he died at Calvary for us. And we have been bought with the, with the price of his blood. And now we have been adopted into the, 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 the family of God, you and I. And, the, and in Galatians 4, 6, says the Holy Spirit is within us crying Abba. And that word Abba means Father. So it's saying Abba, Father. It's saying Father, Father. It's really like a, a, a saying Daddy, Daddy. Like before when we were little, we would cry out to our Daddy. And it's a full dependence on, on the Lord. And here it is. Here we are today. We are been, have been adopted just like we were Jesus himself. You and I are in the same place as the Son of God. We have been placed in that. We have been adopted. The Bible says we are now joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And a lot of times we don't understand that. We're not living that life as a son because of our whole society is, is bent on that we have to work for what we've got. And that's what Paul's dealing with the Galatians here that says, no, you don't have to work for it. You can't work for it. You can't do it. You would fail every single time. So he made a way <clears throat> and he made you and I his son. And we sometimes we carry this false tendency of this false humility Saying that, you know, we can't do that. We have to work at it. And we end up trying to earn love by our performance. And that's exactly what the Galatians were trying to do. And see, in the body of Christ even today, and a lot of times why we mess it, and we don't receive what we think we should receive from the Word, it's not because we're bad. It's because we don't enter into the sonship and enter into our, our inheritant right. And a lot of times we think, God, give me, give me, give me. And he's already given you everything he's ever going to give you. It's already done. It was completed at the cross. Now, I want to show you something. Turn to Matthew chapter 16. Let me show you something about sonship here. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. 
Here it says, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus asked, you know, who do you say that I am? And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock... Now, what this rock was wasn't Peter himself, was really the revelation that Peter had. Now, not that Jesus was God, and He is God, but that He was the Son of God, and He operated in that sonship. He says, because of that revelation that you understand of that, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Against what? against the revelation of Him being the Son of God. Who are we supposed to be like? Jesus. And we're supposed to operate just like Jesus operated in His own sonship. And so He says, The gates of hell will not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of heaven, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. See, as we understand and move into sonship, we understand and start walking in the keys of the kingdom, we start walking just as Jesus did. Because listen, this is what Jesus did. He did everything as a son to the Father. He didn't do anything as a servant. He didn't do things as a slave. He did everything as a son to the Father. And this is what sonship is. It's, of course, it's us having this eternal spiritual position that we're going to live forever with Jesus and that's, that's right, and we have this relationship with God. But it's much more than that. The Bible says in Galatians that it's a spirit of sonship, to which I, I, I'm referring to this holy attitude that we have, that we should have. An attitude that knowing that it, it, I didn't do anything to deserve it, but man, I, I live in this adopted son, just as a blood son as Jesus. I'm the same way. I live like him. I live like Jesus did, out of which I, that I walk like Jesus did, I talk like Jesus did, and I have everything, all the power, all the resources, all the ability that Jesus had should be in me. And that's what He left us with. That's our attitude in Him. Not only just attitude in Him, but it's our attitude towards others and everything that Jesus did, and He did as a son. Not as a slave. But the way we look at it is that we don't feel like we're worthy enough to have that. And the fact is, you are worthy enough because He gave it all to you. He thought you were worthy enough to die on the cross just for you. God loved you so much that He gave His only Son that He did that for you and I. And that's why the enemy comes against our sonship because he doesn't want us to understand it. He doesn't want us to walk in it because when you walk in, understand that you're a son of God. You're a daughter of the king. When you start understanding and living that way, then that's when you and I will be like Jesus and start living like him and ministering like him and carry on the ministry that he has for us. That's why in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus is being tempted by the enemy, and he's been tempted those times, and what is he tempted? If you are the Son of God. If you are the Son of God. And that was questioning his own sonship. And it's always the enemy, Satan's strategy to stop you and I from walking in the same anointing and the power that Jesus walked in, that sonship, that understanding 
that, listen, I am accepted by him. I have a new place. I'm not, I'm not just a sinner anymore. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. And I start living and walking in that sonship. That's when we're going to see the breakthrough in our life. That's when we're going to see these mountains that we can't seem to get across be cast into the sea. Because we operate in that. And see, this is what sin did. Sin started to make us orphans. That's what it did. It made us orphans where we're not, we don't realize that we're the Son of God. And that's why Paul, he deals with all throughout his writings, that he talks about why are you walking this way? Why are you living this way? Put on the new man. Put on your sonship. Put on who you are in Christ Jesus and start living that way. Start walking and believing it. And stop worrying about what you need and what you have to get. Start living, not as an orphan anymore, but as a son. But sin has brought this into us, and we think that we're more orphans than we are sons. You know, the word orphan, by definition, describes one who is lonely or one deprived of parents by either death or desertion. And the orphan heart, is, is a lot of times, is what we operate in. And it's one that we're disconnected from acceptance, from love and security because of, of reason of damage or sin or rejection. And I believe it's a pandemic in the, in the body of Christ. If you have ever felt unworthy, that is an orphan heart. If you've ever felt lack, that's an orphan heart. You know, Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says this, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You know what that word bondage means? That word bondage in the Greek means it's a state of a man which prevents him from enjoying his inheritance. It's a state of a man that prevents him from enjoying his inheritance. And I believe that's hit all of us at one time or another. And sometimes we just we get in that funk of, of that orphan heart that we just don't enjoy the inheritance. And we're not living the abundant life. We're not living the joy of the Lord. And we're always searching for something more. Listen, Jesus is everything, right? He has given it all. You know, Christians are walking in this state of bondage that prevents them from doing this. The word adopt, adoption actually means, it literally means this, to be placed or seated as a son. You know, slaves do not have an inheritance, but sons do. Sons have an inheritance. And the enemy is working on us to, to get us to, to, to not act and live and, and be the son that God's called us to be. And he wants us to have that orphan heart. And this is what describes an orphan heart. This is when you know you are operating in this orphan heart that's stopping you from receiving your inheritance. It, number one, it's you struggle with authority. That means you see God more as a taskmaster than a loving father. And I know a lot of times, we, a lot of us didn't have really loving fathers. We might not have had a great father. And even if you had a great father, they were still lacking. I know myself, I, I, I think I'm a good father, but I still lack. Ask my kids. 
But that's an orphan heart, and we, we just struggle with authority. We think God's a taskmaster. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to live this way. You've got to live that way. And that's not who God is. God's a loving Father. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. God wants, He's given it all. He's given everything that He has. No, nothing holding back. He's given it to you. He says, Sean, that will spoil this. No, it won't spoil a son that's in love with his father. And a father that's in love with his son. They're always needy. An orphan heart's always needy. Never satisfied. They're relationally challenged and only experience very shallow relationships. And they build walls to protect themselves so they don't do well with intimacy. And then they become self-reliant and thinking that they don't need anybody else. They always complain. If you find yourself complaining a lot, you're operating in an orphan heart. They, but they especially complain about others. Because what happens as an orphan is that you feel so bad about yourself that you complain about others to lift yourself up. Isn't that right? Because they feel that they're never good enough. And so guess what? The person next to you is never good enough. That's why marriages has a lot of, have a lot of problems. Because we judge each other by that. Churches are never good enough that they go to. But the f- problem is with that, they become self-improvement addicts. Because they feel so bad about themselves. Listen, you cannot improve yourself without the power of the Holy Spirit. They strive to be loved and accepted. See, when we don't walk in who we are in Christ, in our sonship, it affects every way we live, especially in our relationships. Because we never feel satisfied, and we're unable, ever na- able to do enough. See, the o- orphan heart will never allow you and I to have rest and have peace. It will never allow you to feel fully loved and accepted. It will prevent you from understanding your true identity and to live your true destiny. And that's why the enemy so desperately wants you and I not to live as a son and daughter of the king. He wants to get us out of that. He wants you to, to turn your heart away from the Father. But you say, Sean, you know, but, but you know, we, we've got to do this. We've got to do that. And that's in the heart of all of us. We think we have to do what we have to do. And like I told you a couple of weeks ago, that it's not that we have to, we get to. And listen, if you operate in true sonship, guess what's going to happen? You want to be like your dad. See, we don't understand that because the more and more we get away from where we were as a little kid, the more and more rebellion sets in. How many guys have teenagers and understand that? That rebellion tries to sit in. You just nip, nip it in the bud and you pray. Listen, this is the way it is. When you were a little kid, that's why it goes on and says, we cry out, Abba, Father. That word Abba is not just as, as an adult to an another adult saying, Father. That is as us as a little kid. Saying, God, I need you. <laughs> I want to be like you. And your eyes real big. I mean, I have a little girl. She's three years old. And I, she thinks everything about me. The other day, I, I live in Lee Summit, and all the power went out yesterday. And uh, she comes to me. I'm upstairs in my room. 
And uh, she comes to me and says, Daddy, you need to go fix it. <laughs> I said, Honey, I can't fix it. She says, Yes, you can. You have tools. <laughs> you don't want me touching any, anywhere around electricity anyway. I used, to like to, I used to like to create fires, too, so you definitely don't want me around electricity. But my daughter, she thinks that I can do anything. I like that. I wish my 17-year-old thought I could do everything. Julie, are you in here? No. See, you know, that's the way the Lord wants us to be. And, and, and everybody says, well, Sean, well, we need to do this. We need to do this. Well, that's really an orphan heart because if you're a son, you want to. You get to. Man, I, I want to know more of the Word. I want to worship. I want to pray. I want to live out Jesus loud because I want to be like Him. Because I want to do everything to be like Jesus. I want to do everything to be like my Father God because I understand sonship. And I cry out, Daddy, I need you. I love you. See, God is looking for sons and daughters, not slaves and servants. See, that's what we act a lot like. But we need to enter in and just say, okay, man, I'm all about you, God. Because he's all about me. He loves me. And I'm all about him. And that's why the Bible says when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. I tell you what, when you start drawing near to Him, you start seeing how much He loves you. You don't want to go away from that. But that orphan heart pops up and says, oh no, you're not worthy, you need to step away. No, that is not of God. That is of the enemy, the devil, and you need to cast it out. And when that orphan heart starts thinking that you know God's a taskmaster, you need to get rid of that. God's not a taskmaster, He's a loving Father. And Galatians 4.15 says he to redeem those who are under the law, under that orphan heart. That's what the law made us, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And we need to receive it. And when we receive the adoption as sons, this is what we get. We get a new name. We're no longer slaves, but sons. We get a new legal standing or status that we're accepted, no longer alienated or condemned. We have a new family relationship. God is no longer judge to us. He becomes Father. And that's something greater. We have a new image, and the image is of Christ. Romans 8.29 says, For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. We see that. We legally inherit His nature. We become partakers of the divine nature, the Bible says. We are made spiritually the very same substance as Him. For the old things have passed and the new has come. Everything has been made new. We inherit His likeness. When He appears, we shall be just like He is. That's what Second Peter says. We inherit His precious bloodline. And we inherit the Holy Spirit as a down payment. Because God knew that we're going to need help to be sons. And that Holy Spirit, when we engage the Holy Spirit in our lives, He helps us become that son. See, what Jesus brought you and I was the ability to live, not in our own power, but in His power and His ability. To live like Jesus, the son 
of God that now we can be called sons. And we live in His ability and His power. So now, I'm never alone. I'm accepted. I'm loved unconditionally. My past is my past and it does not determine my future. What determines my future is me walking in sonship. We have a new name, a new standing, and we're no longer slaves, but we are free. See, you and I will receive true freedom. We'll know the true freedom when we start walking as a son of God. And you start believing it about yourself. You start knowing that, listen, I am no longer a slave. I'm not even a servant. I'm a son. And that is greater. How many guys rather be a son of the guy who has the inheritance? It's a lot better. And see, that's who we are. And that's how we live. And see, that's what God wants for you and I. And we learn to walk as Jesus did, as a son to the Father. That's when we're going to see the greatness of God. Amen? God has so much for you. How many guys want that in your life? How many want that every single day? Well, listen, the thing is all for you. If you're always feeling like, man, I need more of God, I need more of God. Listen, that's an orphan heart. You have everything. It is already there. It's just that you're just not accessing it. If you're always asking God, give me more, give me more, and He says, man, I've already given it to you. I'm not going back on the cross. It's there for you and I. So how do we receive it? We just said, thank you, Lord, and start living and understanding and gaining more revelation what it means to be a son and walk in. Amen? And once we do that, you're going to see some more. All those prayers you've been praying that's not being answered, well, maybe it's because you're just not walking in as a son. If you've been disappointed by God, listen, He's never disappointed you. Walk in this. Live in this. And have peace and rest. See, a son can say this. I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't need anything else. I'm okay. And I know you want to say, but I need to do this. I need to do that. But a son of God can say this. I'm okay. Won't you try it? Say, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm holy. I'm righteous. And you just love that and live that way. That's how a son lives. Start living like Jesus. Start wanting to be like him. And you get your big old eyes. You know, my daughter has big brown eyes. And she looks at me. Daddy, she found M&M's. Sorry. In my office. They can smell that stuff a mile away, you know. Daddy, can I have some M&M? I said, I don't have any M&M. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) She's looking at me. 
Guess what I did? She got M&M. <laughs> That's the Father. That's the Father. That's the Father to you. He loves you that much. And He wants to give you that. Bow your heads. Now, I know right now, I know you're struggling. Because I know what the enemy wants you to do is to back away from this. But I want you to know God is calling you to this. He's saying, come and live as a son. Come and live as a son. Just walk as Jesus walked. So right now, I want you to do something. I want you to release control of your life right now. Give Him that. And just gaze in your mind right now, in your spirit, into the Lord. Give Him everything right now. Because He's not mad at you. He's not expecting you to change to come near Him. You are a son, you are a daughter right now, right where you're at. Just accept that. And lose control. And give Him the control. Give Him that place in your life right now. So you can start walking as God has made you to walk and live. Because he loves you and he cares for you. So, Father, right now, we do that. We give you our heart. We give you our life right now. We give you everything. No longer do we want to walk as an orphan. Because we have been adopted. You've accepted us just like you accept and love Jesus. So we take our place as sons and daughters right now. In Jesus' name. And we refuse to live like our old life in that orphan state. And we choose to live like Jesus lived as the Son of God. We thank you, Lord, for accepting us and loving us. In Jesus' name. And for everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're here today, you say, Pastor Sean, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And you want to do that right now. I don't have to talk you into it because you already know that you need something more. There's something inside of you that's saying, I need something. And I'm just telling you what you need. And that is Jesus. And He loves you and He cares for you. He's not mad at you. He came and died for you and I. He took our sin, that means our wrongdoings, upon Himself so we can have a relationship with God because sin separated us. It made us orphans. The Bible says everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you're here today and you know you need something different. You may not understand everything, but you know you need more. You need more of the Lord. So I want to give you an opportunity to receive Him today. 
So if you've never accepted Jesus and you want to right now, you know you need to make a change. And you want more information about that. We want to help you. So if that's you here today, I want to pray for you. So in just a second, I want you to raise your hand. When you raise your hand, you can put it back down. I just want to pray with you. I just want you to acknowledge so I can pray with you. So if that's you, you say, Pastor Sean, right now, I need more. And I need Jesus. If that's you right now, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. And then you can put it down. Anybody in here? Okay, you can put your hands down. Anybody else? Okay. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, this is what we're going to do. If you raise your hand, I want you to pray with me. Everyone's going to do this, pray with me, so you won't be alone in this. We're going to do this all together. And I want you to repeat after me. And when you repeat after me, I want you to mean it with all your heart. And what's going to happen, the Bible says, from this day forward, you will be changed. You will be adopted into the family of God. That means you will become a son or daughter of God. Not because you did anything, but just because you just received what he did, what Jesus did for you, okay? And so I want you to pray and mean it with all your heart. Best you know how, Jesus is going to meet you where you're at. So all of us, I want all of us to pray. I want all of us to repeat after me. Father God, I come to you right now, and I receive everything that Jesus did for me. I make him the Lord of my life. I thank you for forgiving me for all my sins. And I believe in you, in Jesus' name. And from this day forward, I will be a son. I will walk in your life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you prayed that prayer, listen, we want to help you. This is the beginning. The Bible says that you need to devote yourself to understand who God is. And so we want to help you with that. So let us know. You know, Email us in a minute. Our prayer team is going to come up here to pray. Talk to one of them. Um, or let us know on your connection card. And we'll send you information that you can start this journey. Now, this is a journey. It's the very beginning part of it. And God wants you to learn more. He's opened up his life for you. Listen, church, I want you to know something. This month alone, we've seen over 70 people come to the Lord. Amen? Come on, give the Lord praise. And about 300 people have come to the Lord this year. I tell you what, how many guys want to believe for another 300? Amen? Amen. God is so good. I, listen, I want us to walk into this sonship. The reason we di- did Galatians, and we're going to be doing Ephesians starting the end of July, is all about our identity. It's all about knowing who we are in Christ. See, listen, if you have a sin problem, it's not because sin has power over you. It's because we don't understand who we are. Amen? Listen, if you start understanding who you are, you won't have a sin problem. You won't have a marriage problem. Amen? Because you're going to understand who God is in you and start living that life. 
and not living in your own power, but living under His power and His authority and allowing the Holy Spirit to empower you. Trust me, God is going to do such a work. We're already hearing some things of God already doing some things. So just keep on. Keep on listening to Him. Keep on just knowing. And when those thoughts of I'm not good enough or those thoughts that I need to do this and this come in, listen, just, just realize I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. And start living that way. And that's going to compel you to do the things you need to do. Not because it's been said that you have to. It's because you want to. It's because that's who you are. You're going to live who you are. And if you think you're a sinner, guess what you're going to be? A sinner. That's who you're going to live like. But if you live and you know I'm a son of God, that's who you're going to live like. And that's what you're going to receive. Amen. Stand up. Let's worship Jesus. If you're on our prayer team, come on up here. And if you need prayer for anything, we are here to pray for you and to stand with you. Amen. Let's lift Jesus up right now. There's a love.